Hi, welcome to Talk About the Passion. My name is Christian Campagna, and this is episode number 40, So Long Ago. My guest today is Kevin Norton. I've known Kevin for well over 30 years now. Uh, Kevin mentions one of his first shows uh, was The Freeze, so this episode is named after that Freeze song, So Long Ago. It fits the episode well, I think. Kevin's a great storyteller, and we talk quite a bit about growing up in Lynn, Massachusetts, and, you know, when he discovered music and where it brought him as a musician from, you know, his early metal band uh, Burnt Offerings, his time in uh, hardcore band Eye for an Eye up to his current band, The Eulogy, uh, who are based out of Southern California, where uh, Kevin is based now. Like a number of guests I've had on the show now, uh, Kevin, you know, lived in that line between hardcore and metal around the same time uh, both of those scenes were starting to, you know, converge quite regularly. And uh, that was one of my favorite times in music. And, and, you know, people I met during that time are still in my life as of today. Uh, We talk a a bit about his career in the labor movement. Uh, Kevin talks about some of the amazing things he's worked on to make the labor movement in California stronger. And he traces a lot of, you know, what he puts into his career and work ethic back to, you know, things he learned in the hardcore scene. Uh, And this has, you know, been a theme with a lot of guests on the podcast, so it's, it's cool to hear that coming from him. Uh, a couple more things, and we'll get this started. This is the 40th episode, and, I, and you know I appreciate all the nice feedback I've received from listeners. So thanks for that. It's always nice to hear, and keeps me moving forward. I have some great episodes lined up for the next couple of months. I think uh, this episode is th- the first one I've done over the phone. Uh, it, you know, it could sound a little better. I'm definitely more low in the mix, uh, which is fine anyway, as I like to think all of these episodes are more about the guest than me who wants to hear me keep blabbing like I'm doing right now. Uh, I'm on social media, Instagram, Facebook. I update uh, both of those, you know, pretty regularly. So that's a good place to uh, uh, contact me. Also, if you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, or you can just say hello. Those channels are the best uh, places to keep updated on what's happening with the podcast. Just search for Talk About the Passion podcast and you should be able to find it. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and all those uh, p- places you listen to podcasts. If you have uh, a free second and want to rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, that would rule. I love to hear how I'm doing and uh, you know what can be done to improve this podcast. Anyway, let's get this started. This is episode 40, So Long Ago, with Kevin Norton. Thanks for listening. Well, I'm not really here, here in Long Beach, and I'm here in uh, Massachusetts, so uh, th- thanks for taking the time out to do this, man. Hey, it's my pleasure. Yeah, it's good to hear from you. Uh, so so where did you grow up? Uh, well, you know, a, a little to the listener, Chris and I have known each other for, I don't know, 35 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Something like that. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I mean, but, I, I know some of this stuff. but Yeah, yeah he... he He's cheating a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I I grew up in Lynn, yeah. uh, right outside of Boston. It's like a, a kind of industrial working class uh, suburb right outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. And what did you uh, you know do for fun growing up there? Uh, nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we 
we used to hang out. Um, you know, I played in bands since yeah. I was pretty young. Yeah. Um, played, you know, played shows. Used right. to before we even played shows, we'd play like parties in a backyard or whatever. Right. right. And uh, you know, we'd just be up to general, no good. Right. Pretty much at all times. Right. <laughs> Wait, how, how did you first uh, start getting into music? Were you listening to the radio and? No, you know, I. I I don't know how the hell I, I had a kid down the street that was really into, um, his dad had some records. Yeah. So he had, he had maybe like Aerosmith type stuff. Right. Right. And then somehow I came across uh black Sabbath and yeah. I got, uh, I remember I bought black Sabbath paranoid on, um, eight track tape, which nice. people don't even know what that is, <laughs> I know, right? but it's just this old, thing that was big in the 70s it was like the format before a cassette and after a record right. and uh like i got once i got black sabbath paranoid i pretty much would um me and uh uh you know your, well, a mutual friend of ours sean cahill yeah me and sean would pretty much go to uh rocket records where chris used to work yeah and and we'd go up there on our bikes as little kids and like i'll take my paper route money yeah and buy whatever the most extreme music I could find was, you know, like yeah. it was, it like started with like, you know, sex pistols and right. black Sabbath. And yeah. then we kind of were into all the early metal stuff like the, uh, well, all the, the, there was the first wave and then we did the, um, all the, the more like subsequent stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the Iron Maiden and the Judas Priest, you know, and then after them, it was all the Venom Slayer, Exodus, you know, all that stuff, DRI, COC. Yeah. There was like kind of an evolution. And then at some point, like I switched jerseys from being like a total metalhead to being more uh, hardcore and punk yeah. rock. Yeah. But honestly, my ears never really switched jerseys because <laughs> I still listen to <laughs> yeah. tons of punk rock and metal. Yeah, of course, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, so around when I first met you, you were in a band, I think, called Burnt Offerings, a metal band. Is that Oh yeah, was yeah. That, so was that your first band that you you had? Um, that was the, probably the second band. I was yeah. in a band with the guys who, who eventually um, became Disrupt, oh, okay. uh, called Provoked Aggression. Mm -hmm. But like we, like we played a show, I think, and like uh, um, I don't even know if that band, that version, that lineup did. You know, we played a show, and like it was it was so funny because uh, like two of the guys were afraid to. <laughs> They cheesed out in front of like an audience right. and they couldn't They the, like one of the guys stopped playing and then the cops came and it was oh, like geez. within like we didn't even finish one song and the cops were there. Right, right. But but they managed to cheese out before the cops even got there. So right. it, was, it was pretty, pretty brutal. Right. And, and that and, and was there was there was there were shows around Lynn in the North Shore. Not, not yeah, Lynn. yeah. 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 No, there'd, there'd be like it like little hall shows yeah, with yeah. um. There was a lot of like crossover stuff. There was a band called Executioner. Oh yeah. That w they would always play with um with like SSD and bands yeah. like that. Yeah. So that you know it would it was a weird thing, but they'd play some random random halls like yeah. up and around, you know, and, and yeah. yeah. So it those but into Boston to see shows. Right. You know, there was wasn't really much of a scene. Most kids were in the metal in Lynn, yeah. at least that I was aware of. Yeah, and in Lynn, uh, like people probably don't know this, but there's there's like a lot of bands and, and musicians that came out of there. Like you know Al from you know SSD, and then the Disrupt guys that you know and did Grief and 
you know, you with eye for an eye, and there's, there's a lot of uh, on Earth. Some of those guys were from Lynn, so there's, there's a lot of uh, when people talk about Boston, there's this whole north of Boston scene that was sort of I mean, it wasn't a scene, but just happened to be just a lot of those kids. So it's it's cool to when you look back and think to all the all you guys. Well, it's it's really funny because uh, Al Burrell lived the bottom of my street. Yeah, like growing growing up, but I didn't really know him. Yeah, I, you know, I met I met him like years later. Right. But um, you know, like he literally lived like a minute from me down the street, <laughs> and you know, just but I, you know, he was doing his thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably seen him around town, just didn't know who he was. Right, know? right. Now, do you remember the first uh, live show that you went to when you started getting into music? Um, first rock show would have been like, I want to say Fog Hat and Blue Oyster Cult, maybe yeah, nice. something like that. And yeah. I didn't really, I wasn't really, I was already not into that kind of music. It was, it wasn't hard enough, Yeah. but my older brother was like, a, he was a little older and my parents would let me go, they like, let me go to a concert with him. Right. So I was like, whatever, I just want to see a band. Yeah. But as, as soon, like almost as soon as that happened, I started going to metal shows. Right. I probably started going to those around shit i don't know 83 or something yeah did you go to any of those manning bowl shows remember they had like van Halen. i seen my i saw motley crew there yeah yeah who else played there uh did van halen play there or maybe i don't think so or i don't know i thought i thought there was two big shows there i remember the motley crew one maybe i'm thinking of another another place but i do remember the motley crew one that was like huge around there because it was you know, you didn't have to go into Boston. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, like, the kid lived right across the street. Um, uh, Stu John Gray that we used to hang out with, mm-hmm. and then um, the singer for Disrupt. Um, I forget his name, but he he used to um, he used to hang out with us over there. Uh, at that point, right. he was he was like he was like a little more into the extreme stuff. Yeah. Than to, yeah. Yeah. Was that Jay? Jay Styles? Jay, Jay yeah. Styles, yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, we all went to, uh, I think he went to tech. We all went to Lynn Tech. Yeah. I think yeah. most of us. Yeah. Yeah. I st- I, at one point, I was working at, uh, there was a little market. You you probably remember Bavardi's on uh, Eastern Ave. Oh, yeah. And I worked there. That was my first job. And we became friends with these metal kids that, that came in. And we started a band with these two guys, but we never, they, they wanted to do kind of hardcore stuff. And me and my hardcore friend wanted to do, you know, more metalish stuff because it was right around that era, in '85 or '86 when all, you know, all of us started kind of, yeah, yeah, all that stuff happening. But it was uh, a guy named Tony Capano and Chris Drake, I think. You know. Oh yeah. yeah, those those yeah, Tony Capano and Chris Drake are the guys that I actually. Chris Drake, he lived next door to um, Albert, like two doors yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's probably then, where I met you because I'm like Chris, uh, yeah. Rover, the late Rover. Oh yeah, uh, Rover, Chris, yeah. Chris Rebicki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, like Chris had a guitar, and he he, I I bought a bass, but I never played it. And actually, I ran into that Tony Capano guy at a keg party. Oh nice. And, and yeah, like classic metalhead yeah. shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, hey man, you want to learn how to play? You want to be in our band? I'm like, I can't even play, dude. He goes, you got a bass though, right? I go, yeah, I'll teach you. And I was like, all right, well, shit, if you teach me, I'll do it. And then from then, I just uh, I kind of woodshedded back then. You know, I'd, I'd play play like three, four hours a night, and then go home and practice for three, four hours, you know? Yeah. Right, so that was your, your first experience playing, playing an instrument. Yeah, with the, it's totally with those guys. Oh, they, right. they were 
Um, Chris Drake was was um, I I think he went in a disrupt, didn't he? I or, think he did. Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, him and him and Jay Styles and like so me and Chris Drake. That was the first dudes I ever played with at all. all. Right. Interesting. Huh? And then um, and yeah, that's funny, man. Yeah. I haven't heard those names <laughs> a hundred years. Yeah, I, I just remember that guy Tony because we were like hardcore kids, <laughs> and, we, and I remember that Tony came in and he was like. Yeah, man, I wrote I wrote lyrics. I got this new song. It's called "Kill God." And we were just like, "Cool, <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. This is gonna be awesome." That sounds <laughs> like Tony. Yeah, yeah. Those guys, those guys, those guys, they could play. I mean, that was, you know, whatever year that was, however old they were, but they were. Uh, I think they were maybe a year or two older than me, but, but they were good players, definitely, both of them. God, that's funny, man. <laughs> and then, uh, so. Hardcore shows. Do you remember the the first one that you you ended up seeing? Yeah, it was the freeze. Uh, I think it was the freeze yeah. at Hanum Hall. Oh, all right, yeah. I, I know. I know it was Hanum Hall, and I'm pretty sure it was the freeze. Yeah, that sounds. I think I, think I remember the the freeze played there with uh, Executioner because that's that Mark Johnson. That that would have probably been. Jazz. Yeah, and uh, he probably hooked me with some tickets or something, or you know, hey man, come to the show or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And that was a, but that. No, go ahead. Sorry. He actually gave me a ticket to you know I never I never saw SSD live. Yeah. And he actually gave me I, I used to have it like this ticket, a live ticket for from them. Yeah. Uh, that I never went to the show and because um, it was like in their later years when they yeah. were. Like, ACDC, right. and I was just like, yeah, I, was like I, I don't want to see that. I don't care. Yeah, but I probably right. I should have went because it was it would have still been like epic. Yeah, you know? that's when I, I never saw them when they were hardcore. They, they were, was more yeah. later on in that. So, but yeah, it was it was cool, but it wasn't uh, like you know what you hear about. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the crazy shit. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm sure they probably probably pretty crazy anyway. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you remember like because? Were you going to shows with long hair at that time? Uh, you had, I think yeah, you had yeah, sure. Hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was full metalhead. Yeah. Yeah, till um uh, um um I guess all my hair burnt off after burnt offerings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I um yeah, I, I had I had long hair till I think high school. I got out of high school. And then we got we got into some uh uh, we just got into punk more, and we we're just like, you know what? We aren't metalheads anymore. We're yeah. <laughs> hardcore, you know. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny too. There was a period when, like, that would, you know, that wouldn't fly with like long hairs at shows. But I think that era that we're that you and I sort of came up in is when we all started coming together. And I think it's probably because we initially got into metal, and it just they seemed to go together. And you know, you started meeting dudes like Mark Johnson and. Uh, like Greg Delaria, dude, Mike Gitter, those those guys that were, oh yeah, sort of in both scenes. And well, the shows. other part is like you know, like I, you know, we'd show up with like all these crazy dudes from Lynn, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and the, and the the supposed badass dudes weren't that badass. Yeah, yeah. So yeah exactly. Like, no, what? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So they were kind of like these crazy fucking metalheads. <laughs> <laughs> There was a little run too at the channel. I remember there it was like during the and that was I think the, the a couple of times I saw burnt offerings was they were doing oh, metal yeah. nights at, at the channel like and it was like during the week like every Tuesday but I I remember seeing like King Diamond and like 
Death Angel and you know. You we played with Death Angel. Yeah, that's yeah. Probably, that's probably when I saw you. We, we um, we, uh, the deal with us is like me and the, the kid who sang for the band. We, uh, we went to like every single show. And we went to like every party. We both like he lived in Medford and I lived in Lynn. Yeah. We went to like every party. We're out every night going to clubs and stuff, and we would leaflet the shit out of the shows. Right. And then they, they would give you these little ticket things that if you um. It wasn't like a pay to play, but you'd get discounts. So right. we would always, we would always be passing those things out. So people wanted to go to the show anyway. Right. So they handed your ticket to take two bucks off, and we'd draw like four or five hundred people with our tickets. Nice. You know, so they'd be like, "Holy shit, put them on every show." Yeah. yeah. So we, so we played some like huge shows, even though we weren't that great. <laughs> um, but we played like uh, uh, Hallow's Eve. Yeah. Like these bit, like a lot of those, like Death Angel, until they yeah. came around again, people wouldn't even have known who they were. Or Flotsam right, and right. Jetsam. Flotsam and Jetsam. Flotsam yeah, and Jetsam. played one of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah we cool. got, yeah, we played a couple shows with them. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was funny because like for, for where we were at, you know, musically, yeah. we had a bunch of guys that could play really well, but just the material wasn't, you know. It wasn't there. The, the greatest, yeah. But um, it was it was fun though. That was like those are the guys I really learned how to play music with. Those yeah. is, is uh, those guys, and then after that, you know, um, you know, just learning by recording and doing yeah. more did more you, pro stuff. Did you uh, did you guys ever record anything with Burn Offerings? Yeah, there's a demo floating around on YouTube somewhere. Oh, nice. nice. I don't. I don't know that I really want to promote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like looking at a, it's like looking at a picture from your prom. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some <laughs> embarrassing ones of those, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But I all the dudes in my band in the in that was like it was my friend Rodney who was like pretty much like my brother. Yeah. And then um, growing up and and uh, this dude Rob and this other guy Gene, we we had a blast with the band. We were crazy, crazy fucking guys. Yeah, yeah. At that at that point, so. Um, yeah, it was good times, nice. you know. You're still in contact with those guys. Yeah, like they've, I, I, you know, that's kind of the cool thing about social media is you get in touch with these people yeah. after like years and yeah, years, and yeah. then the, they're all kind of like not as crazy either. Yeah, so. yeah, I know, right? Yeah, kind of getting older and mellowing out and stuff, and yeah, but uh, that's cool. That's cool. And then so eventually, uh, eye for an eye. How how did that uh, been come about? So I um. I'd been jamming with this guy, EK, um, for he, and he had been in like, um, wrecking crew and FUs. He went down to New York and played in Warzone. So when he came back, um, him and I were, um, came back, him and I had a band and then I was going to New York. I was going to play in Warzone. Um, you know, and I had been, and I was down there playing with them and then like, Hey, you're in the band. You're in the band. Yeah. And then one day I showed up to practice. There was another guy. He goes, Hey, you trying out for the bass? Because <laughs> I think they thought like, because I was I was coming from Boston, I was gonna flake out. So, right, right. Which wasn't that crazy of an idea. Right, right. You know, in, in retrospect. Yeah. Um. So they got some like local guy from New York, and I was at that point I was like, All right, well, fuck them. Then yeah. they uh, haven't done that. Right. But uh, so then I came back to Boston, and then um. I for and I was looking for a bass player and you know, they, they knew I played bass and, right. and, um, and had been playing around for a while. So I got in that band. Nice. I don't know why the other guy left, but right. whatever. Yeah. And, and what kind of influences were you guys bringing to the, with that band? You know what? It, it's funny. Cause, um, that band, I was really 
it, it started like just straight hardcore. Yeah. And when I listened to it, I kind of liked those songs maybe more than the, the ones that are a little more out there. We were into some weird shit. We're all into jazz and hip hop yeah. and yeah, yeah. all this other stuff. And like I even did some stuff like slap bass and some other stuff, which yeah. like I never ever do, right. you know, now. Yeah, yeah. But but at the time, you know, I guess it's at, at the time, you know, it, it to me it sounds like almost emo ish, like yeah. the later stuff, right, you know. Right. But those those titles didn't even exist at that point, you know. Right, There's right. it and punk was like a hundred percent dead yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, like like deader than dead beyond yeah, yeah. dead. Yeah, definitely. And, and so everybody was just trying to like seek something out. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But I always liked the, uh, music. the, uh, that the tape me and my buddies wore out was that, uh, that MFO live set. We'd listen to that thing. All the time. Oh yeah. And that was, it was, it was cool. Cause you were, you were going in this definitely weird direction and it was, it was a little, yeah. Like what you would, maybe people would probably eventually call like emo or just, more melodic stuff and yeah definitely more definitely a lot more melodic and um i think i think if um i wish uh, you know uh at the end we got dean baltimonis to play with us and he was a really strong player yeah um and i wish we recorded a record with him because we had like a bunch of material right and we had some really good stuff and just for whatever reason it didn't work out yeah so, um, that, you know, the band broke up for, you know, the usual bullshit, right. you know, yeah. and, and, um, so we ended, well, it, a lot of it was like at the time, uh, our music wasn't very heavy, right. like our, like by today's standards, yeah. especially with right, like right. beat down hardcore and everything. Yeah. Um, the shows were crazy violent, yeah. like, you yeah. know. Like people would like empty out the whole club would empty out and like, I feel like they'd like kill a person every three or four songs. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I, and I was like, this isn't fun, man. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, so uh, you know, between that and there was some beef with the, but not with me, but with the other guys in the band with each other. So, right. Yeah. yeah. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think one of the last times I saw Eye for an Eye too was at it was a weird venue in downtown. Like maybe almost in Chinatown, and it was like a, it was like a hip hop night. They had breakdance. Oh yeah, yeah. We pl- was- yeah, yeah. We played with um, you know, we played with was a guy named Master Ace. Oh, and, um, yeah. yeah. Who else? But yeah, what would ha- the, sort of like my other band, um, you know, where we draw really. I for I drew well no matter what. Yeah. And and we had a we had a lot of crossover with the college kids, you know, with hip hop and stuff. Yeah. So um, the kid, John Regan, the kid who was a, he was like the big promoter in Boston doing hardcore at the time. Yeah. He got into, you know, he goes to college and he starts doing other music. Yeah. Well, he would throw us on some random ass bills because, you know, like with us, we didn't get, we didn't have like a huge guarantee, but we'd pack the place. Right. Yeah, of course. So it was kind of like a policy. <laughs> what was that? It was almost like an insurance policy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. plus, he was a friend of ours, so I mean, he yeah. did to, to hook us up also. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we would we would end up um, we, some sometimes we play and get all pissed. Yeah. Um, and we were like a little regional thing. We weren't like a huge, you know, national or global right. band, but 
but we would right around Boston, anywhere would do like four or 500 kids. Yeah, and yeah. so we'd play with all these people and they did like draw 50 or hundred, but yeah. they'd be, you know, a national act yeah. and they'd be pissed. They'd be pissed off that like, you know, you like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Or we'd get like a similar guarantee to them and it, which is like only like 400 bucks or something, right. yeah. you know, you know, but they'd be like pissed off and you're like, fuck you, man. We drew everybody. Did you yeah. notice they all left? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there, there are some lame, we had like several bands that were lame about that. Yeah. Which you, you'd think they would be used to it if they're touring all over the place. I know, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Did, uh, so after, uh, I for night, did you have an, another band after that? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. um, I had a, shit, I had so many bands. Um, <laughs> I had one called Suicide King with oh, um, so with Colin with uh, with Colin uh, and Taz from Eye for an Eye. Dean played in and uh, uh, a guy from um, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I forget his name. Right. And then uh, me and EK had a band. It was more like uh, almost like kind of grungy, almost I would say. Right. Huh. Then I got then I got in, um, this band Straight Faced in California. Yeah. Four, I got 454 Big Block and then um, Straight uh, I had a huge layoff and I started playing with a band called The Village a couple yeah. of years ago out here in California right. yeah so you so how long have you been out in California now uh, I've been out here like 20 years now yeah yeah and you moved out I think there I might I think I might stay yeah <laughs> 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 and did you move out there initially for uh, work yeah, like work was really bad. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an electrician by trade, yeah. and um, and I, you know, I work was really slow, so I came out. Here. But the other part was like, you know, I came out here in winter, yeah, in like Jan, in January, yeah, and I was like, what the hell am I doing in Boston? And <laughs> yeah. and and particularly where I live in Long Beach, it's like got a, um, I, um, my friend Doug used to play in a bunch of bands out here, so kind of w- walked into a circle of friends that yeah. all played music and nice. had a really, really cool scene here and, and punk's huge in yeah. SoCal. Yeah. So, so that was another part that was kind of cool is like where people used to trip on you big time in Boston. If you had tattoos Yeah. in Cal- California, you know, everybody's got tattoos. Yeah. It's part of the culture. There. Yeah. I, I was, I was talking to someone else about this on a podcast and mm-hmm. it's like the, like I remember my, jobs at, um, working for the electricians union I was meeting with a city council member and my, my phone goes off and it was like I don't know like a Slayer or a Pantera ringtone <laughs> and he's like is that Slayer I'm like yeah <laughs> and I'm like oh shit <laughs> so we were talking and he's like he you know knows Motorhead and right. you know he's into suicidal tendencies and oh, I'm talking funny. to another guy talking to another guy who, who like who's like oh yeah I used to see Black Flag you know oh, yeah, and you know like you, there's nobody on the Boston Council you'd have that conversation. Right, with. yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they would be talking about the Patriots or whatever. Exactly, yeah. That's <laughs> um, so, so, so going to shows out there when you first started going to shows was, did you notice a difference in the crowd out there and just how kids are at shows out there from the East Coast? Yeah, well, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, cause I left when, um, it, it, when I first came out to California, they didn't have, 
um, all the crazy windmills and kung fu yeah, kicks and all that stuff. And all that stuff yeah. There'd be a couple guys that were like that were doing that, but for the most part, you know. And it's obviously the the there's like a, I call it the push pit. You get yeah. the push pit, or yeah. you get the windmill. Right. You right. know. Yeah. The the windmill pick up the change. You know. <laughs> yeah. Although nobody even picks up the change anymore, they just like they just practice their uh, Muay Thai moves. Right. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> but um, so like that been out here at that point. But at this point, it's I don't I don't know if there's probably any difference between the two. Yeah. When I see videos from back there, it looks the yeah. same. Yeah. You know. Uh, um, although the only thing I don't mind that stuff, but I, sometimes, you know, you'll be at a show. I was at one where this little place wasn't was a tiny little DIY thing. And yeah. there was these dudes that were like, I don't know, they had to be 300 pounds, yeah. you know, 300 pound tough guy dudes, right. like throwing fists. It's like, come on, dude, right, you know, right. yeah. with, with, when you're which, that big. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, and I don't even. I don't care to do it. That's it. It's part of the show and right. all that stuff as you and I would be in the pit for years and years right. would be in it, you know, but it's almost like to a point now where there's nobody even in, you know, like there you're in the pit and you're hitting people. Cool. But if you're like, you know, like clobbering some little 50 pound emo kid with, right. you know, and you're 300 pounds, it's kind of ridiculous, yeah, you know? Kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if I've become, uh, a, a squish or what, but <laughs> but but it's, you know, it, it have size appropriate. They ought to have a size appropriate pit. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, listening to the, the eulogy, I don't think uh, he'd become a squish. I mean, that's uh, pretty uh, heavy. Yeah, no, no stuff. So it's definitely. Uh, oh yeah, that yeah, that band's we're we're, we're pretty pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell so tell me about that. Uh, how did you get together with the, with that band? I know you know well, Doug. Yeah, so Doug Doug uh, McKinnon, one of one of my best friends, uh, he was my roommate in Boston and my roommate in Long Beach. Right. And he's been been had been living in Miami for a long time, moved back to Long Beach. And he was like, Hey, let's jam. And uh, I hadn't really played with a band in forever. Yeah. And um I was like, All right, sounds cool. And then um I reached out to uh Pete Riley who who I knew from uh playing and uh, i was in a band with him called one up in okay. boston i forgot about that one yeah uh with uh i think ben she said was in that band mm-hmm. uh from 10 yard fight oh yeah but uh we just did one show it was just a fun thing yeah but um he moves out and so we start jamming we, we talked to pete and we hadn't even played yet and um matt henderson expressed interest and i was oh, like oh hell yeah, yeah. like yeah. sure yeah, yeah right yeah, so then we started playing, and it took us a while to kind of find what we were trying to do. Yeah, and then, um, and then you know, once we figured out, you know, and it started, it we were first we were just kind of screwing around, and then it was like, hey, this stuff is actually pretty solid, yeah. you know. So then we started playing some shows, and uh, kind of our our gig is everybody's, you know, in the band now is uh, Doug ended up opening up a gym called Long Beach United, which is, you know, really popular. And yeah. so he couldn't, he couldn't do the band at the time. Right. So we've gotten uh, a new drummer, a guy named Mark Jackson. He was in a bunch of bands, um, throw down and bleeding through. And, oh, right. um, Pete left the band, got married. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, um, we, uh, got a guy 
me, Matt Mentley, who's also in Throwdown. He's been playing with us for like the last year or so. Uh, and, and Sergio Chavez is a singer. He's a kid that used to come see when I used to play in this band called Straight Faced. Okay. He used to come out to shows and jump up on stage with us, like to sing a song. He was like the oh, little nice. kid that could sing. Right. Bumped into him at a terror show. And he was like, hey, I want to sing for your band. I'm like, eh. Right here, you know, because right. I, I, I like I, he just reminded me as a kid, you know, the kid that was like 15 years old, but right. turns out he's like fucking six, like right. amazing yeah. singer. We're like, what we heard is we were like we listened to his demo driving back from uh, from the show, and we're like, holy shit, yeah. <laughs> that guy's that guy's badass, and he's a he's such a cool guy. He's, yeah. he's fun as hell. Nice, he's a funny, funny, really funny guy. So. um it's been it's been a joy to play, and we just basically our our thing is we, because um, of our, all of our job obligations and all that stuff, right. we can't really tour or anything. Yeah. So we end up playing shows when like the Chromags come out or Madball or AF. We jump right. on our buddies or our buddies' bills. Yeah. You know. Nice. Yeah. And you have uh, you got a rec uh, two records out? You have I know there's one on Bridge Nine. Yeah. The five song. Or... Yeah, we got. Yeah, we got five five song EP on Bridge Nine, and we have a three song on our label called Flat Spot uh, that Ricky sing from uh, Backtrack. Okay. Uh, he, he owns that label. Yeah. And then we have another one that's come out. Um, supposedly the pre-orders are going to come out in the next week or two. Uh, with it's a split with Sick of It All on Pitchfork. Oh, nice. Um, Pitchfork Hardware. Yeah. So that's to, for us that'll be the biggest deal I think. Cause yeah. Just to be on the same release as them. I don't know if it's going to be digital though. Right. Um, like so vinyl or CD vinyl. I think it's just going to be just just vinyl. Oh, awesome. So, nice. so, um, so we'll probably put it out on something else. Yeah. Digitally, and then we have another thing that we're going to record uh, a split with the band called Rikers from Germany. Oh, okay. Uh, have you ever heard of them? I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty pretty solid, like real real badass, uh, hardcore kind of like Mad Bali nice. style. Yeah, and um, they're really big in Germany, yeah. and we're, we're, that's that's really a big deal for us too. You yeah, know, because yeah. uh, to be with a band like that, you know. Yeah. So we're, we're, that's been the whole thing lately. It's just um, doing the eulogy thing. Yeah. And do you? Uh, would, I know you said you can't really do touring, but would you guys do one off? Oh yeah, in yeah Germ we, Germany or anything like that. Cause, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, if we got if we got invited to Europe or something, yeah. I think um, we'd figure it out. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty big over there right now. I mean, always oh, does, but oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But uh, that's kind of what that's kind of what we've been playing. And I think I think what's going to eventually happen is we'll end up doing like a week or two. Yeah. And uh, on the East Coast or you know like that kind of stuff. We did this year, this last year, we did a we did a little West Coast tour. Yeah. So. You know, like a week, you know, it's like a, a day tour. It's kind of classic though, because um, I was able to sleep at home three out of five nights. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know that's gonna be nice, huh? Because <laughs> it's like you, you know, LA's in the middle, kind of, it's in the middle of Southern California. Right. So you, you know, Orange County's only an hour away, and San Diego's only two hours away. So right. it's like playing Providence and Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like for the East Coast. With better weather. So. Yeah, it's way better weather. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be, that'd be yeah. cool to see you guys out here. That would be great. If that, if that yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I'm sure. Well, um, we're, um, Matt's uh, getting uh, surgery on shoulder, so we're probably um, just in writing mode for a little bit. Yeah. So he's uh, 
So his, his shoulders all squared away, but it should be a lot of fun to get out there. I, I, I've been enjoying the hell out of playing again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been a, it's been yeah. a thrill. Yeah. That was my next question. I was going to ask like, so you must, you seem pretty like very energized again. So it's, it's cool to see that you're, you know, playing hardcore and still out there, you know, doing it Yeah, well, with it the same, you know, soul that you had before, you know, it's cool. Well, it's funny. Cause it's like, um, I, I never wanted to ever be like washed up lame old dudes, like chasing the dream. Right. You know? And that I like, cause I used to pop and I'd see, I think we're like that. And I, you know, we, we definitely, I wouldn't do it. If I think we were doing it on a, we don't tour anything, but we do practice probably more than fans that do. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So like when we play, we're like pretty solid and um, it's like bowling night for us. You know, we're <laughs> like old dudes. So every Monday we go practice, you yeah. know, like after everybody puts the kids to bed and everything. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So we're, we, um, yeah, we, de- we just definitely want to like, sh- you know, show what we got not, we, the, our main thing is like people may or may not like it. Right. But like, it's, it's legit, you know, yeah, yeah. it's not like, not like some nostalgia bullshit, you know? Yeah. I think that definitely shows, and just and especially being you know cohorts with like Sick of It All and AF and those bands that have been their lifers and you know made a career out of it, and but they're not in it for money. They're just hardcore bands that just that's what they do and happen to be yeah, extremely I, successful at it. And you know it's, it's awesome. Yeah, to see I mean you gotta you gotta definitely give props to those guys because they're they're to to put that commitment in. I don't think people you know I know from doing it i gave it a good run for about five years and um but for 30 years that's like you know and and i've been playing bands for more than five years but like really where i was trying to make a living off of it it's brutal yeah yeah. and to do that for 30 years it's like incredible like i see did you see the uh af documentary yeah that's amazing yeah you know like i think roger got this chest implant for anybody who hasn't seen it the singer for agnostic front and uh for for heart murmur or some kind of heart condition and he's done 300 shows since then you know <laughs> and it's like and i we played some shows with him and i didn't even know he had it you know yeah. and, and, and since then you know it was a, and he kind of kept it on the down he's kind of a private guy yeah but but um yeah it was it was crazy i mean that's you know but those guys are just the best yeah you know, yeah I, I was fortunate to tour Europe with, with them when I was in straight faced and it was oh, like nice. my favorite tour probably ever. Yeah. Did you do it? Well, that, that, that was my favorite tour. Like with, I guess my 454 big block tours were the best tours just cause those were my, those are my like bros for life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Where did you guys tour? We toured all over America. We did yeah. um, actually a couple months tour with uh, dead guy and bloodlet. And then we oh, did nice. some tours with, um, we did a, a bunch of East Coast runs, yeah. and then we did some Midwest stuff. We actually played Maryland Manson on some shows, oh, nice. and Clutch, and Clutch, and then we played with um, who else? I don't know, just a million bands. But right. that band, but they were all like in Damnation AD. That was another tour. We did. Oh yeah. But they were all like soul sucking, like poverty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but probably, but like you said, the funnest time of your your life, you know. Or one of them. Oh yeah, it was like for us, it was like us against the world yeah. for sure, yeah. like a hundred percent, you know. And and um, 
but we were so tight. Like, you know, even though the worst shit would happen to us all the time and we didn't care. We just like kept plugging along. Yeah. But it definitely took me a couple of years to get out of that credit card debt. <laughs> <laughs> Did I for and I ever do any touring? Uh, we would do like East Coast tours. Yeah. We like do like little little junkets with Wrecking Crew, and right. then we did one with um, Maelstrom and Sam Black Church. Oh, yeah. Did a East Coast tour, or a whole, you know, like all the way down to Florida. Yeah. Um, we we're supposed to do on Wrecking Crew, and, and I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. I think we like we looked at our how how much it, like our finances and right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we should have done it anyway, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. No regrets, you know? No, no, fuck Definitely. it. Full cool. speed ahead. Yeah. 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 And uh so the you, you were talking about so you've been a, a laborer as for as long as I've known you. And uh Yeah. So you yeah. so you're involved with unions out there. And, yeah. Uh, I, I was the assistant business manager of uh IBW eleven, so electricians union in LA. So I uh we're pretty pretty big local about 13,000 members and yeah. like we that's been basically my life's work really yeah you know? nice and and you obviously enjoy that because you've been doing that for yeah and yeah yeah like now I don't I don't work for that local anymore okay. uh we had an election and my my boss I was appointed so my after 18 years my boss lost his election yeah so um so I, I work for three other IBW locals out here oh, as a consultant. Yeah. Nice. But it's cool. Yeah. It's been cool. It's been, um, it's, it's best thing ever happened to me is to be involved in the labor movement. And yeah. The people I met and, you know, the different stuff I've, you know, I've been able to meet governors and congressmen and, you know, yeah. people that like, there's the one side of me that knows all these like hoodlum dudes from the scene. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, and also like people from the scene that are like scientists and yeah, you know, yeah, that went on to do scholars yeah. and writers and, yeah. you know, creative people too. Yeah. But, um, and then on the other side, you know, with the labor movement, I got exposed to all these different kinds of people and all these social movements yeah. and, and, uh, there's a really active labor movement in LA and a lot yeah. of, uh, I've been an organizer. Yeah. So going out to job sites and recruiting people to labor, so it's a pretty interesting job. Yeah. And obviously, you know what's going on back here with the stop and shop. There's a big uh, strike going on here. I actually I didn't know that. I, I I saw something. I saw a little blip, and then I I, I figured it out because I read that Ray Bork crossed the picket yeah, line or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a video of him, and then he apologized that he, he said he was going and getting uh, medical supplies or something, but he's got you know the fucking bag with Gatorade in it or whatever. And, yeah, it's but like, was, come on, man. He was the head of, the, like, a hockey union, or, you know, players' union, too, which just, just makes it even uh, shitty. Well, we get this we get this uh, thing out here called the Long Beach Grand Prix. So every year they drive on the, city, the streets of Long Beach. Mm -hmm. And so they, it's like a temporary setup thing. Right. So we picketed it once, and I, I we had, like, the whole virtual AFL-CIO cross our picket line. Really? Wow. <laughs> it, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Huh. But yeah, like people go, they, they get there so they don't worry about anybody else. Right, right. So it's like you know the reason he's not making, you know, forty grand a year in the NHL right. was able to make millions because they got a players union. Yeah, but exactly. you know people people forget that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And do you think the the unions are are, are getting smaller or less? You know. Oh you know, shit! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nationally for sure. Um, in places like California, they're. Um, uh, I don't know if they're 
numerically bigger, but they're definitely more powerful. Yeah. Um, so um, it it's interesting because we had a, a bunch of measures that were designed to kill uh, kill labor, so we can't participate in elections, and you know can't spend any of our. Um, you can you can collect union uh, per you know per person. You can collect money, right. pack money per member, right. as long as they authorize it. And they didn't want to, you know. Right. So like any other organization, medical association, insurance company, corporation, of all these people involved in politics, but they want to silence the one group that's got any clout right. for working people, you know. Exactly. It's yeah, it is, it's crazy because it's, you know, they're, they're, I think it was the last time I saw it, it was like, I think 188 to 1 were outspent. But I don't even know what it is now. I think right. it's like the post-Trump era. I think it's like not even... You know, I, I, it's like people like the Koch brothers that are, you know, trying to spend. I think they wanted to spend 188 billion in the last presidential like election cycle. They re, they, they pulled it all back because right. uh, because Trump, Trump won. Right. But um, I mean, for two people spending that kind of money is just not good for our democracy. You know. Right. It's fucked up. Yeah, but right. the, the long long short of it is, I I kind of went off on a, a rant, but. It actually made the labor movement in California way stronger because yeah. we fought all these, if we fought all these initiatives. So then they kind of made us into like a ninja. Yeah. But they just can't be, they just can't beat us. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, awesome, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and we're able to get some good legislation in there. Although I gotta say, um, we're not as good at doing like the right wing. They, when they get in, they put in all sorts of things that like hurt people. Right. Right away, that help just help corporations and. Yeah. Labor wins or labor endorsed candidates win, and it's a lot of like manana. That's what we call it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the Spanish word for tomorrow. But right. they're always, you know, giving you that manana bullshit. Right. Where oh, we'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, We're gonna yeah. try to get that. And so it's it's kind of been my job to be like, no, not manana today. Right. And so yeah. that's that's been my gig for yeah. uh, for many years. So yeah, it's it's been fun. It's it's really challenging work. You know, it, it's. Uh, you're going up against some of the most powerful people who ever lived. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, and it's not like people are like thrilled to, um, pay people more to work on their buildings or stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, definitely fun work and, and, and it's really rewarding. You see like people that maybe would have lived in poverty, you know, be able to get into a good career and buy a house and all that stuff. We did a lot of outreach to uh, kids in the hood. Yeah. And got them in the apprenticeship program nice. or our apprenticeship program. So we literally gotten like thousands of kids from South LA and East LA in the the union apprenticeship program. So it's been really cool. That's awesome, man. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's been my other stuff to do. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Do you do you think any of that ties in with like time and like music and the hardcore scene? Oh, like your hundred percent. Your passion yeah. and just drive to definitely and, and where you grew up in you know sort of a working class city yeah yeah i mean i grew up in lynn and you know like there's about this it's a town that really got if anybody doesn't know it it really had, I know, went it was really upper middle class when i was growing up yeah and then by the end of by the time i got out of high school all the factories had closed yeah and we really went through some rough times and i think it's still going through rough times yeah. um so it, you know it definitely and then going to shows Nobody intimidates me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. 
you're like, you know, what are, what are you, what's someone going to do at city right. hall? They're yeah, not going to exactly. kick my ass. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, so, and then we, you know, even handing out flyers, you know, like doing leafleting and stuff yeah. like that, you know, all that stuff from hardcore and then the DIY thing, you know, yeah. just, and then, you know, all these punk bands with the, you know, the politics of, of, um, you know, of, of the way the world should be, yeah. not the way it is, right. you know, yeah. and improving it and doing what you can to help people. And yeah, all that, that, that's the part of the, I guess the part of the hardcore scene and the punk scene, and, you know, in metal to a certain extent, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that isn't all nihilistic, right. um, you know, it definitely, that stuff is definitely informed who I am, you know, yeah. as a, as an adult, definitely. that's for sure. Awesome. I can see that, man. Yeah. Well, and, and for the record, any of these political opinions or whatever, that's all me. It's nobody else in the band or yeah, any yeah, that yeah. shit. So. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm happy that you're, you're, you know, kicking ass out there and you've been, you know, doing this for so long and, you know, yeah. And, you know, yeah, it's been it's been cool, man. California's been good to me. I'm, yeah. I'm even uh, my wife and I are opening up a bar. Oh, really? Called Supply and Demand. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, so we're gonna have some bands play. It's a pretty small venue, so nice. Um, but it mostly be like you know, um, fancy pants, beers, and cocktails, and yeah. once in a while we'll have some bands and DJs and stuff. Nice. In <laughs> in Long Beach. Yeah, in Long Beach, nice. called Supply and Demand. Awesome. So if you see it, swing through. Cool. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, well I, I yeah. are, you, are you still straight edge? No, no, no. <laughs> Not oh, at all. That's, no, it's yeah. been a while, huh? Yeah. yeah all right. right. Well, then, then, then you definitely got to come by and the first beers on me. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna be out there in November actually for for a, a few days. So this yeah, time we'll, we'll definitely have to get together. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely should. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, doing this, man. Hey, it was a, it. it was a thrill, Chris. Uh, right. it, was, it was good to talk to you, and I and, uh, will see you at Rocket Records. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I will talk to you soon. Right on, bro. Right. Bye. Bye.